And there came a day, a day unlike... Wait, no, that's been done. Hmm. Who knows what evil lurks in... No, that is that other thing. What has yellow skin and rights? Ah, forget it. You're listening to Panelology. Excelsior, oh, damn it. Welcome to episode 135 of Panelology. I'm Alex. I'm Brian. And I'm Tim. Hey, everybody. Tim is back. Yeah. Welcome back. Yeah. I know y'all missed me. We did, but our aim will improve. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Well, you know, we we were trying to have, we we, we thought we would have the guest ghost back for Halloween, but we missed it by a couple weeks. Yeah, well, it's all that time travel. Tim messed yeah, up the time stream, true. and true. he showed up late for Halloween, and instead is here post-Thanksgiving. Yep, that's how it goes. Christmas future. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Christmas future. Tim is the ghost of future tense. <laughs> I, I kind of like that. I think that's going to go on the business card. Uh, of course it will. What, what's yes. the other thing we put on your business card? I don't remember. Do you remember? JTT gal. That's right. JTT yeah. gal. Perfect. I don't remember the other guy's name either. Crap. That's Ugh. fine. That's a different yeah. podcast. You don't have to remember it now. <laughs> That's right. What yeah. you do have to remember is what happened in Marvel Knights 20th number two. Oh, some some fun stuff happened in Marvel Knights. Ironically, um, involving people not remembering things. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, the Punisher is still searching for for ways to get everybody to remember what's going on, so he's trying to find Elektra in this one and make her remember. And she really wants no part of it. No, no she doesn't. No, she doesn't. Yeah. And we learn that the Kingpin is involved. You read uh, number one, too, this week, didn't you? I did. Yeah. Because yeah. yep. that, that happened in number one. Oh, yep. did it? Oh, <laughs> see, ran together there. Yeah. What did oh, happen? We already we already knew that part. Yes, and then we learned about the Electra stuff. Yeah, what did happen in this one that kind of freaked me out was right at the end, when because uh, basically for all of issue one and all of issue two, we are led to believe that Matt is seeing a a ghost of Karen Page yeah. that is you know basically a figment of his own imagination, right? That he's using to recall his memories. Yeah. Um, uh, but then at the end, we find out that the other people see her also. So what the hell is going on? <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty clear that she is not corporeal. I guess I'll say because there's one point where she's floating off the building. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When he's talking, so something something strange is afoot there, isn't it? Though, yes. Yes. And when something's strange in the neighborhood, who are you gonna call? Uh, Doctor Strange. Home. You should call uh, Doctor Strange. Oh, I this was is the say, Marvel Universe. Yeah, I know. I was like, we're going to do a bit here, but I don't know which way we're the, going. The, the Hulk to smash? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> which, that was fun seeing him in the back of the car. Yes, it was. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, no, I'm really digging this. This is a I fun book. I, I love Bruce coming in to, uh, so it kind of does a little bit of a flashback of Bruce coming to <laughs> recruit uh, Frank Castle. And he's yeah, like, yeah. I don't know, when I go to sleep, like a kid or some kids break into my <laughs> place and write me these notes. It's like... <laughs> yeah. No, it, it, as soon as I saw this, I saw, you know, the two people that were going to be involved writing this. Uh, there's no way that I'm not going to like this. Exactly. Yeah. 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 With Cates and Rosenberg, uh-huh. I, yeah, I can't think of a better set of people right now that I want to read their work together. Well, I mean, this whole mini series is every issue Kate's handing the baton off to someone else. Oh, it's not going to continue with those two. So Kate's wrote one. I, I saw that, yep. and then I yeah. thought that Rosenberg was in with him for the rest of the way. I didn't realize nah. it was going to jump. Rosenberg comes on for this one. Teeny Howard is on for number three. <sighs> awesome. Yeah. Yeah, this is going to be it. Like, I have zero complaints about this. This may be yeah. currently my favorite book Marvel has coming out. Yeah, it is super cool. We said last time, yeah. and I will say it again. I would love to see this become its own universe. Oh, yeah. So I, very I'd definitely cool. be behind that. At the very least, I want a line that is, and this is the only thing that makes sense to me with having so many hands on the ball on this miniseries. At the very least, I want to see the spin-off, like, you know, a Marvel Knights Daredevil, a Marvel Knights Elektra, a Marvel Knights Punisher, with each of these writers doing one of those books. That would Absolutely. be very cool. Yeah. yeah. And I think that would have to be in parallel, because we have learned who is going to be writing Daredevil when uh, Charles Soule leaves. Have you heard this yet, Brian? Do you know this? I, ha- I have not. I, I know Brian or uh, Alex was pretty excited on Twitter about this. Okay, That's Brian, how I found out about it. I want you to guess. You get one guess, and I will give you a hint. It is someone who has been on the show. Oh, this is going to make it harder. Um, actually, not easy. Well, some ways it makes it easier, and some ways it makes it harder. It makes it harder. Actually, it makes it not easier. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> um, I will not. I know you won't. Um, Chip Zdarsky. Yes. Yes! <laughs> Chip Zdarsky will be writing Daredevil. Or Star's Devil. <laughs> Star's Devil. Star Devil? Star Devil. There we go. Star Devil. I think that was the hashtag I used. He retweeted. Beautiful. Anyway. Yes. Oh, good golly. <sighs> wow. Think, so, I'm, I'm I'm just trying trying to think of all the things that he all the messages he could sneak in that are written in flame as a burning flame <laughs> symbol on the pavement. <laughs> uh, yeah. So anything <laughs> they do with this Daredevil is gonna have to be like in parallel. But I'd be totally cool with like an Ultimate style Marvel Knights universe. Yeah. Unlo- well, unless they spin it off into a different universe, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. No, but like I'm, I am 100% behind this story, and it's it's so odd. I'm usually not a amnesia thing, right? The fact that it's affecting everyone and they still kind of can remember and are starting to remember, I think, makes it far more interesting. It feels so much like Pleasant Hill. It does. You're right. It does a lot. I really want to see this be like someone has turned Pleasant Hill back on all the good guys. Oh, full, 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 full. Well, not just the good guys, right? Like King Ben too, so everybody. True, yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
doom has turned this back on anyone he on, on New York, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You said Pleasant Hill, and I thought Pleasantville. <laughs> and I was really confused how that was related. I will, I promise, I give you my word, Tim, I will never, ever bring Toby <laughs> Maguire into the conversation. <laughs> Scout's honor. Okay. All right. Good to know. Wow. Hey, Tim. Hey. Speaking of Scout's honor, tell me about Black Badge number four. Black Badge number four. Can we just, like, take a moment and just just have, like, an appreciative moment of silence? For how good Matt Kent books are? No, because that's bad podcasting. All right. Well, anyway, I, my point stands. Uh, after reading Grass Kingdom and then reading this book, I don't know if y'all read this book. There was even a, a nod to the Grass Kingdom in this one. Grass Kings. It's called Grass Kings. Grass Kings. Excuse me. Uh, they mentioned the Grass Kingdom. You're right. Grass Kings. But so good. So good. The stuff that he's writing. And I love this book. No, this good, but, good book. But I do plan... I, I, it, Pending your say so, I do plan to buy this in trade. Oh, I read the first I, yeah. issue; it was good. Yeah, and like I it. think that um, uh, uh, Grass Kings should be read in trade too. Okay, I would definitely agree with that. Um, there's a big hardcover out that I really like. I I stare at buying every time I go in. The second one Kings. just came out too. Yeah, you yep. can stare at two of them <clears throat> now, Tim. I do. Buy <laughs> me. But, it's Grass uh, Kings. Buy me, Tim. Buy me. <laughs> I have a little Alex that sits on my shoulder every time I go to the comic book shop. Well, as the ghost of Christmas future, can't you tell if you're going to, don't you already know if you're going to uh, get it? Yeah, I don't, I don't know all that much about my own time travel. <laughs> That's when you end up paradoxing and stuff. You got to stay away from that. But um, the, the, the scout troop goes to the rainbow jamboree and we meet other scout troops in this issue. And it's fun. It's good stuff. And the last time we talked about this, when one came out and Brian was not on, we asked the question, do you need all the badges to be an Eagle Scout? And off-air Brian informed me, no, no, you do not. That would be madness. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because there's like, there's like 132 of them now or something. So is there a, a minimum number you have to hit? Yeah, there are, if for anyone that's curious, there are a set number that are required that you have oh, to okay. get those specific badges. And then you, in addition to that, you have to get like another seven or something. Yeah. So like a, elective badges. Yes, exactly. Yeah. You have a core badges and an elective badge. Yeah, and some of the cores that like there's options. You can get this or this or this, right? Yeah. Uh, kind of thing. Cool. Now I want to I want to meet the person that has all of them now. <laughs> there is somebody. There's like two or three kids that have gotten all of them. Wow. Yeah. Two or three. Yeah, like it, it, like it. Usually, there's like usually like one a year somewhere in the country. Wow. Yeah. But there are only two or three because after that they're summarily executed. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. They never seen or heard from again. Yeah. Yeah. No, but no, but I will tell you, it was interesting. Back in 2012, they brought back just for that one single year, like you had to earn them in that year like four of the original badges that were offered that like had been retired. So like you couldn't get them anymore. And one of them was um, one of them. I think they renamed it tracking, even though it was originally called stalking. So, <laughs> <laughs> yes. I definitely know some people who, who would have had the stalking merit badge. <laughs> It's so amazing that somebody had the foresight to get out in front of that one. Normally we sit here we're like, 
wasn't anybody paying attention on that one. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you yes. have this one job. Bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Tim. While yes. you were telling me about things, also tell me about High Heaven number three. Okay, I'm obsessed with this story. This is another one of the Ahoy comics, and I don't know if you've talked about the first two issues on the show before. I've definitely talked about the first one. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, it's so good. Uh, there's a, uh, a man named David. He died. He went to heaven. He doesn't like heaven. That's sort of the catch-up of the first couple of books. Well, in this book, his roommate, who sort of caused his death without directly causing his death, uh, it becomes his roommate. <laughs> and there's debate about whether or not it's really him or if it's just a figment and they they go find things that they the information that they want to know and it's it's really i like i can't get enough of this book all right cool uh, i read oh, go for it no i just I highly recommend i don't know if it's to everybody's taste like i'm sure there are some people who would enjoy it this one this one is a tim book I'm sure there's some kind of special stamp we can put on it that's a Tim Book stamp. We've got the Good Tim Good book. book stamp and the <laughs> Tim Book stamp. The Tim, which are the definitely Tim two different stamps. Yes. Not mutually yes. exclusive, though. Not always. No, 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 definitely not. No. Redneck and Baby Teeth, both. Both, yeah. right. those, both stamps. That's right. Yeah, we I'm have really our own badges. One. That's right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Smooth Criminals, number one. This is set in 1999. On the eve of the Millennium Bug. And follows a, like, computer science intern. Like, it's her work-study job. Uh, So, student, I guess is the word there. Computer science student. Who gets tasked with cleaning out this storage room. And in doing so, accidentally discovers. And then, because she can't not hack a thing that's in front of her that can be hacked. uh, Thaws out. A frozen master thief who was frozen in 1969. And then uses her mad hacking skills to, like, corner and trap the thief for them to team up. And that's the setup and also basically the plot of the first book. So it's cool. This is an all-ages book, which I know does not necessarily sound like. Um, But it is. It's fun. It's a... It's a light-hearted read uh the feds show up at the end and yeah that's that's it that's all i got who puts this one out boom box boom. Boom which is box. the all ages imprint of boom yeah ah, okay yes fun yes you think it falls in with like uh, you know the unstoppable wasp and books like that that we seem to enjoy it a lot that are that are more all ages types of books I definitely think if you are into like Unstoppable Wasp, Princeless, uh, uh, Nimona that we've talked about, no. um, that kind of thing, yeah, this would be worth taking a look at. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, and that's what Boombox is there for. Yeah. So, uh, they do that, and they do that well. Black Hammer, Age of Doom, Brian. <laughs> so uh, we get the uh, we get the kind of the conclusion of what happens to all of the almost stories, all the almost characters. Um, and it's funny we get like a one page origin for each of them, which is really uh, kind of fascinating. Um, and then by the end of this. 
well, then we go uh, full full Grant Morrison, <laughs> Animal <laughs> Man, uh, <laughs> climbing out of the ear of their creator. <laughs> um, and uh, uh, at that point, Basically, uh, they they head back into find the rest of the people and starting uh, starting next issue were promised uh, the fates of of the rest of the team Gabe and uh, our Gale and Abe and Lucy and Barbalian. And in, in which of Jeff Lemire's other orifices are those characters hiding? Um, they are actually up in the clouds that shroud his face so that we don't see the face. Oh, and you said they're actually up. I got very excited that the <laughs> obvious joke was going to be the answer. <laughs> no. <laughs> but the, uh, the next issue is called The Reboot, so we will see how that... Uh... <laughs> yes. Excellent. Uh, yeah, no. This was I, this little two issue thing of the of the almost characters was uh, I really really liked it. Yeah, that first trade's got to be out soon, <sighs> right? Uh, yeah, this is number seven, so I would think it's got to be any time now. Yeah, I just picked up uh, Doctor Star. Oh, have you read it yet? Are you just? Well, no, but I picked it okay. up. That's a step in the right direction. <laughs> that, that, yes, it is. Yes, it is. You know, I, I'm telling you about all the Black Hammer universe stuff. I am, I am really digging. Yeah, I'm like three trades behind across all of them at this point. I really need to catch up. Yeah. American Carnage number one. One of two books this week with Carnage in the name, and they could yeah. not be more different. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, so this is a Vertigo book. Uh, it's about an FBI agent who is involved in some stuff with a possible racist sort of political figure and the the, the people that might be around him. Uh, her partner was recently murdered in while investigating this racist group. And so she's looking for ties to it. She finds somebody to go undercover and kind of infiltrate whatever group it is that he's he's funding or or leading or whatever whatever his involvement may be in it. And it looks like it could be a pretty interesting story. It's the start of a pretty good one. Yeah. And it's Brian Hill whose stuff is always yeah. very good. Yeah. Little baby with a, a Nazi flag as a blanket. That was a little <laughs> like Whoa. What did I what book did I pick up here? But oh my yeah, it could be could be pretty pretty interesting stuff. I'll keep reading. I'm looking at uh I'm looking at an interview that Newsarama did with Brian Hill, because I've kind of mentioned this a couple of times when I've talked about it, but I've never had anything in front of me to, to really side on it. But he says in this interview, I was just doing interviews with white supremacists and doing my own personal research and kind of creating a world and characters. Uh, just to kind of acknowledge that, yeah, like I've said a couple of times, he sat down and talked to people, but this is something he's said. Um but beyond that, like it's a realistic crime story, so he he wanted to do those interviews and actually get those voices. Yeah, you you talk about the books not or not being able to be more different than than the the other <laughs> Carnage book, and you're absolutely right. This one's very grounded in er, yeah. in reality. Um, and I don't know that there's anything more chilling than that. Welcome to the real America. Yeah. Reveal. Yeah. Yeah. That's horrifying 
it, it it definitely could go some you know vertigo books you you've got kind of like an idea of where you think this book would go and they're not really known for staying on track so it'll be interesting to see where we yeah. where we head from there well and so far everything they've been putting out in this new wave this and border town and hex wives yeah. have all been phenomenal yeah. yeah i haven't read hex wives yet i saw an ad for it in this book it's good and there's yeah. i think number two comes out next week that is correct i'll pick that one up let's talk brian Mm-hmm. about Aquaman 42 and Justice League 12, and I think we can talk about them together for obvious reason. Yeah, so this is parts, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, four and five of Drowned Earth. Which, okay, I, I want to go ahead and call a hold right there. Yeah. These are parts four and five to any sane person who is reading all of the relevant issues in the correct order. Did you notice how these are actually listed on the cover and in the book? Parts uh, two and three. They're not counting the prelude issue, like the, the, the big crossover issue that introduced it as part one. Really? Yeah. That is insane to me. That's okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. So, like I said, parts four and five. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. I, 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 Last time we talked about Drowned Earth, I talked about how I was rather kind of upset with it, and then I didn't feel it was going as well as uh, uh, Witching Hour did. Um, these two issues do a good bit to bring it back around for me. Um, I still don't think it's as good as Witching Hour, but it goes a long way towards putting it on a track that I'm more okay with. I think that Witching Hour benefits from having one writer across both titles and not three writers across two titles. I think some of the disconnect here is probably coming from you still have Abnett trying to tell an Aquaman story, and you have Tynan and Snyder trying to tell Justice League stories, and there's a handoff there, and yeah. the planning there is different than just I, having Tynan plot five issues of if, of... if what you mean by that is there seems to be some some gaps in those handoffs, then I will agree with you. I think that there are some gaps. I think that just in general the, the the issues feel pretty different in terms of scope and what's going on and what actually matters yes yeah i would agree with that I, well um, i mean if you look, for instance this aquaman it, it, like you say it's an aquaman story it is very clear the whole thing is aquaman fighting through his past and doubts and all of that to in this metaphorical yeah. kind of world to get back out of that. And I'm, I think overall I'm enjoying this, but I, I yeah. am left with this, like this disconnect that comes from that because it doesn't feel, especially I think, you know, I think if I weren't reading this right after witching hour, it would not be as pronounced, but it doesn't feel like it has the same kind of focus. I would agree. And here's the thing. Like, I still feel like, and I don't know where it's at. Somewhere I feel like I'm missing an issue. I do too. 
still. Like, like when this comes out in trade, I'm just going to have to thumb through. Like, I, it, it, if you read it in trade, you there's going to be, a, like, you're going to turn a page and go, wait, what? Did they, like, misprint this or something? Because, yeah. You know, there are a couple of specific plot events that unless they just happen, like, in a panel and never got acknowledged. Right. I don't know when they happened. Right. Yeah. Um, well, and there's some other weird things to me, like there is, uh, like way, way, way early. Like I think it may even be in before the Aquaman cr- Justice League crossover one. I think like I know the, what you're gonna say. Where uh, Ch- uh, Cheetah yep. has the Tears of Extinction, yes, and kills Poseidon, right? Yeah. And then it's not until later in the story that they get the Tears of Extinction. No. Okay. It's confusing, but they get the Tears of Extinction when that happens. So Cheetah and Black Manta get the Tears of Extinction and the key to the Graveyard of the Gods or whatever. Okay. And they never explain what the Tears of Extinction are. They never say why they're getting them, what they do. You just get, oh, they can kill a god, let's go kill Poseidon. Nothing else. You never had heard the word Tears of Extinction until she said, hey, I've got the Tears of Extinction. Right. And they're coating my claws, and that's why I can kill you. Yeah. yeah. Um, but she had them. She just didn't get all of them. And that's what Wonder Woman finds in this. Or oh. whoever finds it finds in this. Mara. Okay, cause, that's what cause, Mara finds yeah. in this. Because in this one, yeah, Mara finds them, and we get an explanation of what they are. Yes. Yeah. And so that's, that's why I was like, that is, I do not understand how that worked. That's one of the really weird things to me about this is as important as this MacGuffin is, not knowing what it is or what its rules are until so late in the game feels almost like those rules don't matter at this point. Right. And um, I, I, I think that's what I was talking about, about how these two issues do, a, specifically the Justice League one, yeah. does a lot of explanation that makes you feel better about now what's going on. Yeah. I'm also not totally clear on what Arthur and Diana get from Poseidon, because he says, oh, this was meant to bring life, and now all it brings is death. And then, like, a few pages later... I forget if it's Black Manta or one of the ocean gods, ocean lords, whatever they're called. Yeah. Says, oh, now they have the powers of life and death. Well, which is it? I know the Tears of Extinction are supposed to be death. Right. But Poseidon just said this isn't life now. Well, maybe I'm... I'm uh, the only thing I can think of is they're thinking that the... Oh, what the hell is the damn thing that came from the source wall? The source. The, yeah. No, the... Uh, uh, what do they call it that they've been trying to Batman's been trying to protect the, the totality uh, totality yeah the totality is the creation oh I maybe think. okay I think by the way <laughs> Batman punching Grodd was fucking awesome oh Batman in this issue is of Justice League is by far the best part and and Joker going oh no this is the best part is putting him in a death trap and seeing seeing what he does to get out of it because <laughs> yeah. I know he will <laughs> yes oh it's beautiful it's yeah. beautiful. Um, but I yeah, also... so the other thing that they get, I guess, is, uh, you know, he gets Poseidon's trident. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the, um, but 
Yeah, this has the potential, much like Witching Hour did, to make some fairly major changes in the in the DC universe. Yeah. And I'm really excited to see what comes after this. Yeah. I there's a lot that they're going to have to clean up in the one remaining issue. Mm-hmm. And I know probably not everything will get completely resolved. But that's also like a lot of loose ends to come out of a crossover. I don't know. It especially knowing that after the after this issue of Aquaman, it's Kelly Sudaconic taking over. So you're not going to get answers there. Right. Um Yeah, I'm, I mean, yeah I, any any answer is going to come in Justice League, definitely. I guess mostly where I stand is I just need to see how this ends and what comes out of it. I don't I don't dislike it at all, but it has some weird choices in it. Yes. And I think I could spit I I think I sound really negative because some of these choices are strange to me. Now the only the only thing it, it has 100% definitely done is it it makes me want to see a at least a mini series uh for uh, uh Arion. Yeah, that would be cool. Cuz I loved Arion when it was out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. All right. Batman number 59. Batman punches a dude for ten pages and yells at the penguin for another ten. Batman loses his shit, yes. I I mean no, he really like completely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh he punches he punches two dudes. Ten pages of him yelling at somebody. It's ten pages of him yelling at the penguin. Okay, Brian's right. Ten pages of him yelling at the penguin, nine pages of him yelling at Bane, and spoilers, one page of him punching Jim Gordon in the face. Yeah. Yes. I need to Which get back on this. does explain one thing. One it thing suddenly yes, makes does. a lot of sense. Why Batman keeps being like, I'm so glad you'd bring me on of this and trust me, Jim, in Detective Comics. Right. You're correct. Because that and, made and, no sense to me. Like, and, why and, is Batman being so apologetic to Jim Gordon and so, like, weirdly... Okay, look, I know the last time we got together, both of us did some things, some things were said, some of us made decisions, and we kind of hooked up, I guess. Like, that's the vibe that they've had? <laughs> yeah, we kind of hooked up, I guess. Yes. Does Detective Comics run parallel to Batman? No. Or, I'm going to okay, say like, no. Not, not issue for issue anyway, no. Okay. Yeah, no, I'm going to say that, like, the James Robinson arc has to come after this issue, at the very least. Mm-hmm. Okay. Just because of this weird, like, I could not, until reading this, I could not tell you what this really bizarre tension between Batman I, and I, I think it has to come after this whole, probably next couple of arcs, even. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then we have one panel of Bane smiling, which is creepy. Yes, it is. Good golly. Man, good night. This man can write some good (laughs) stuff. I still am convinced that the penguin is upset about the death of a literal penguin, but that's neither here nor there. (laughs) Justice League Dark, number five. Uh, I believe I said this was one of the books I was looking forward to most this week. I can sum and this book up in three words, Brian. I was I was not disappointed. The chimpanzee drinks. The chimpanzee drinks. And drinks. Tim is making a face. And <laughs> drinks. I should be reading this. You should be reading yeah. this, Tim. You yeah. would love this. This is 
This is probably the best Justice League book right now. That has to be just looking at it. And I mean, I I love Snyder's Justice League. Yeah. And Odyssey is only two issues in. But so far, I'm enjoying it. But this is like, this is one of those books that you're reading, like, okay, this is one of those books that is just special. It's going to be special. You're right. And like, even like the kind of uh, uh, the minor characters that are just in it for a little bit, like Tracy 13 in this, are fantastic. And Kirk, like, this is my favorite man bat that has ever been written. (laughs) Yes. Do you you think it'd be better trade or issues? I think the trade will be very good. I would rather read it in issues personally because then I don't have to wait. Plus, I think I picked up the first two and just hadn't gotten around to reading them yet. The, so the, 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 first, the first trade is probably going to be a little bit odd with the witching hour stuck in. I don't know how they're going to do that. Um, What's this? This is number five. Yeah. I would guess, how would I do this? Yeah. I, mm. Do you pull those issues out as their own thing in a witching hour trade? I mean, if the first... Because we've talked about like the first three issues together form this almost prologue. Yeah. And I would like consider those that like if I were a DC, I would put out like a ten dollar trade that's just the first three issues. And then I'd do a witching hour trade. And then oh I'd that there you arc. go. That would be yeah. That would be and plus the ten dollar trade could hook folks, yeah. 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 Um that said, I think that would be a weird thing for DC to do, and technically that would make the trade more expensive than the individual issues, but... Unless that first one was a $5 issue. Uh, I mean, the only other thing... That first one was pretty... That first one was oversized. It was. They could do it as a single trade. Yeah, That's true. That's true. I was going to say, because the only other thing they could do would be to throw in the Wonder Woman issues as part of it. But those would go in Witching Hour. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Um... The other thing is, I mean, we've seen we've seen Swamp Thing and Constantine together a lot. Get him, Swampy! <laughs> he John literally says, calls him Swampy in here. He literally says, <laughs> "Kill him, Swampy!" Oh, they did that for us, didn't they? Yes. <laughs> and the only thing that would have made it better would have been if Constantine said, "Swamp him, Swampy!" <laughs> oh, and it had to be Constantine that said it too. It couldn't yeah. be any better. <sighs> By the way, we, we kind of we kind of jumped the gun. That was my quote of the week, right there. <laughs> I've done that a couple of times to you. You lately, have, which I? is the, I. You know what? This one in particular, I'm perfectly okay with, though. Yes, with is Constant King. Kill him, Swampy. <laughs> Yeah, the only problem is that I started reading Constantine in Delbert's voice. <laughs> what that if might John be the... Constantine is oh. Delbert? That is the uh. only thing that could get me off Matt Ryan Constantine voice, because I can't read Constantine in any other voice now. If he yelled that, I might go to Delbert voice. <laughs> um, and then, in the meantime, the rest of the team, other than Swampy and Constantine, are... Uh, uh, Travel to uh, Mira. Is it Mira? I'd say yeah. Mira. Yeah. Uh, that's the yeah Mira, uh, which is the land that Detective Chimp inherited when the owner of the Oblivion Bar died. Um, and we find that we find out that um, things are not quite as they should be there. Like he kind of broke something. <laughs> um, and 
like I, I could not figure out like I, I reading through this issue, you know, about halfway through, I'm like, okay, yeah, I don't know how I could like this book any more than I do. And then and who then, writes in at the end? And then at the end on the last page and in the next issue, we've got Blue Devil. In full barbarian gear with a big old axe. And I'm like, oh, now I like it more. <laughs> this is and what's, and what's the book. last and what's the last thing when he does that? What are the last three words of this of the issue, Alec? The chimpanzee drinks. The chimpanzee drinks. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this uh, is this is pretty phenomenal. You're right. This is going to be one of those that turns out to be pretty special. Yeah. Yeah. I love this. Sideways number ten was also this week. This is Derek back on Earth after going off with New Fifty Two Superman and the Seven Soldiers and hanging out in the dark multiverse and missing his mother's funeral. And it is him dealing with the repercussions of that and then also, you know, catching up with Ernie and learning what's been going on in her life. And maybe the two of them almost have a moment, but then a more experienced universe hopper shows up and grabs her. And I okay. swear to God, if this ends on a, on a cliffhanger like the Spider-Man cartoon from the 90s did, I am going to lose my shit. No, you're not. You're going to go, you're going you're gonna to pretend to lose your shit, and then you're going to love it. No, no. If this ends <laughs> like that, I will lose my shit. I can't watch the last season of that show because of how it ended on a cliffhanger. The one thing I want the most for Marvel to do is give Dan Slott or Christos Gage or anyone... I don't even care who at this point. A Spider-Man 93 or whatever series just to finish the story and tell me how it ends. But that's well, not how do you, there. Well, how do you want it to end, Alex? That's how it ends. No, it ends <laughs> with Peter Parker jumping into a wormhole to go find Mary Jane and a to be continued and then the studio or the network canceling the show and the studio not getting to finish it. That's how it ends. Um, you know, I, I don't really have a lot of room to say anything. But that was like 25 years ago. Tim. It might be time to move on. Tim. I'm not saying this is a thing that affects me on a daily basis. I'm it's saying that show was very good and deserved a proper ending, and I think still does. And if X Men or if Marvel can put out an X Men '92 comic book, that's true for a series that fair. had a pretty solid ending. What what Alex is saying is that it doesn't affect him every day, but there is a rather large button on him that you can push at any point now. (laughs) It's right there. It's right there between the Ask Me About the How I Met Your Mother series finale and Ask Me for My Opinions on La La Land buttons. I can't. uh, I I, I really like that was just a fun little bit. Mine was Twin Peaks before we got a season three. And that did affect me daily. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, like, this was the thing that introduced me to Spider-Man, who is basically my favorite character, and I would like to see it have some kind of finality to it. Yeah. Uh, Also, just like, we have 8,000 Spider-Man books. Literally, how has this one never come up? Yeah. Um, 
anyway, Sideways is great, and I, the one way I don't want it to be like Spider-Man is like that. It, the last issue has been announced. It's ending in February. Is it? Yeah, I'm bummed. All right, that's that is a bummer, but it will. It does mean that now there is a whole collection I can go read and be done. Yeah, I think. I want to say it's number 11 and it's been resolicited, so I think I'm going to have to wait like three months for how this ends. Okay. Which is, as Tim has pointed out, better than 25 years. Mm-hmm. Tim. Yeah. yeah. Tim, who just threw shade at me for <laughs> my feelings on a piece of media that's 25 years old, tell me about Dick Tracy. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, I, I live in a glass house, don't I? I you need do. To stop throwing stones. That said, I was very excited for this because this is the All Reds. Yeah. Did you uh, Did you read it? No, I forgot that it was out until uh, you sent me your <laughs> list. But I was very excited for it. No, it's really, really good. Um, it reads exactly like an old Dick Tracy comic, except there's like these wonderful little anachronisms in it, like. It starts out with him chasing a software mogul through the streets. <laughs> then he turns around and shoots up some old car with a Tommy gun, and then he answers his cell phone. So it's it's just really a little all over the place in that way, and I absolutely love it. It's wait, so wait, much fun. It's not an Apple Watch. Yeah, I was gonna say the it's same. Like, no, come on, that's not, the no. like the most that's he the most has, obvious he, thing ever. So, so he answers his phone. It beeps, and he's like, "Man, I gotta get back one of those little walk watch walkie talkie things." <laughs> And I'm like, you have a cell phone. Why you get an Apple Watch, Dick? Yeah. No, yeah, uh. no. I... <laughs> but it, uh, no, it's great. It, uh, he's the only good cop in a in a terribly corrupt city, and they're framing him up. That's the way this issue goes. There's a a new villain. Actually, I don't know if it's a new villain. It's a villain I hadn't heard of. It's called. He's called Yesterday News. K-N-E-W-E-S. I don't think I'm... Yeah, I think that's yeah. a new character. Are you no. sure? Are you sure he is real? Oh, no, no, no. No, no, no. I, I would be surprised if he is. Right. If uh, that makes wait. sense. Maybe maybe his alias is yesterday. Maybe his yeah, real... Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Maybe his he's, real he's, moniker he's... is fake news. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I sat that one on the tee for you and then politely pointed to it. No, Thank uh, you for that... not rebuffing my mediocre comic <laughs> gift. <laughs> You're fine. Thank you, sir. No, but it, it is it, it it the art is great considering the the topic and the story is great. And like I said, those little anachronisms are really fun for me. It's good good stuff. Yeah, it's nice. only four issues, so this was two. We got two more to go. Nice. I will definitely grab that trade. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Tim. Yeah. A slightly more contemporary property, GoBots. Oh, only slightly. <laughs> only slightly. So normally I get burned a lot by things from my childhood that get turned into comic stories. To be fair, your childhood was in the 80s and things were very yes. flammable then. That's just very true. Uh, but this one was good. Uh, I just Brian on is a whim. nodding. <laughs> <laughs> yep, they were. Uh, it uh, Set many things uh, on fire. <laughs> You've got the GoBots who are robots, mainly designed for making life easier for humans. Are they in any kind of disguise? No, 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 no. Okay. They are not. Yes, it's a very different property. All very right. different property. But it, um, yeah, a lot of characters from the from the TV show from when I was a kid. But it, uh, 
they yeah they're robots that are made for making life easier for humans and some of them want to revolt because of it and so they do there's like underground robot fights and stuff it's pretty cool Nice. I'm enjoying it. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna definitely keep reading this one. I so, wasn't so, sure when I first picked it up. If so robot is... fight club. Yeah, that's like, exactly what it is. Okay. And do you know what the first rule of robot fight club is? I, I think I just broke it. I think one I zero one one zero zero one zero. If you had not said that, that's what I was following up with. So <laughs> good job. So. The, good this job. is the reason like really I was reading it and it was pretty good, and then this little bit at the end where the, the GoBots start killing humans, and one of them looks and says, somebody broke Asimov's law. And I'm like, okay, I kind of love this. I kind of <laughs> adore this. So, definitely going to keep going with that. Nice. Cool. If someone does not have prior knowledge of GoBots, is this an uh, accessible entry point for them? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they go over everything that they need to, and you wouldn't have to have any prior knowledge of it. Um, And... It, like the only prior knowledge anybody has of GoBots is that it's knockoff Transformers. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't remember anything that happened. I love the almost insulted look on your face. That's like, <laughs> why would you need to know anything? Don't be ridiculous. <laughs> I really want to go back and watch you? the show. I, I I barely remember the show. I remember <laughs> watching it and thinking it was pretty good. But that means nothing now. <laughs> Nope. Middle yeah. West, number one. Oh, yeah. This was a very difficult read. This was this was very odd, yeah. It was, like, super well executed, and it's a good book, but man, I had trouble reading this. That father's an asshole. Yeah, you know what else this is? It is gorgeous. Yes. Like, the coloring in this book mm-hmm. is off the top of the chart somewhere. Ah, oh, but you're right. It was really hard to read with that father. Yeah. Um, and what the hell's up with the talking fox? <laughs> I figure either imaginary friend or magical realism. Okay. Well, uh, if I'm not mistaken, this book will get to a point where magic is a thing. Well, yes, that's like the whole thing is magic right. exists in the Midwest. Yeah. If you read the back matter, uh, the inception of this book was actually, you know, Scotty Young does like daily sketches and sometimes he'll just do whatever comes to him and sometimes he'll take, you know, requests on Twitter or wherever. And one day he draws like this kid talking to this like really kind of grungy looking farmer um, and with just the caption, well, you don't look like a wizard. And that sort of became this book. The instigation, yeah. Uh, if you look in the back, there's a the cover to the second yeah. issue is there, and it's got like yep. a farmer wizard. Yep. Yeah. Um. But no, I don't know. I I wonder too, because like the magic hasn't started yet, so is the fox just like an imaginary friend, or is this some sort of magical realism? Yeah. Or... Th- yeah. This this very much this first issue. If you like, if you didn't know where this kind of was headed a little bit, yeah. it's very much leaves you with a okay is he imagining some of this is this a kid's imagination is this something that's happening just to this kid is it is it real you know so yeah, yeah. all right um it also gave me like 
Wizard of Oz, which not surprising given Scotty Young. Like sure. Wizard of Oz and a little bit Paper Girls vibes. Uh-huh. So if those sorts of things now okay. Wizard of Oz and like, okay, kid has a shitty home life and then a hurricane comes or whatever, a tornado. Right. Um but Which was which was not the creeper. It was not the creeper. <laughs> as far as we know. And they call him the, the creeper. creeper. <laughs> How have we never done that before? I don't know. Excuse me while I go write parody <laughs> lyrics and then become a millionaire so I can bribe Alice and Jenny. Uh, oh my. Nightwing, number 53, Brian. Um, so this is uh, more of uh, Rick Grayson. Um, and he, this, uh, at the very end of the last issue, he came face to face with the person who has taken on the Nightwing persona. And this time he kind of has some interaction with him in this issue and uh, kind of gives a little bit more of his perspective of how, uh, you know, it, it, it's really this amnesia thing is not a not the worst thing for him because he doesn't remember. Yeah. Like the worst part is looking in the eyes of other people who want him to be who he was. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I don't know if I'm just getting a little bit more used to it, or if I saw in this particular issue a little bit more of who Dick Grayson is at his core, kind of coming in a little bit. Like, not the same person, not the same personality, but like, at the core of it, like, yeah. kind of who he is, kind of starting to show through a little bit. That made me, I was more okay with this issue than I have been up till now with this story. I have read the solicitations for February, and I know what villain shows up in February. Okay. And I am very curious to see how that is. So you have to read at least through February now. Okay. All right. <laughs> you I, are I, on the I, hook. My... My 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 uh my commitment was through this whole arc to see what happens. This might so. be the beginning of the next arc. Well, but... so you know, yeah. If if it continues to to get as better as each of these issues has gotten during this arc, then I'll be okay. Cool. How's that? How I'm long has Brian lived on a boat? Um, Brian is in fact the son of a son of a sailor man. <laughs> Well, it's it's must be some some choppy weather wherever yeah. he is. Oh, you're looking at my camera. Yeah. yeah. Now I've got I've got my computer up on a cup right now that I'm kind of holding so that it oh, will, okay. the air will flow around it better. So yeah, that's why. <laughs> so it's so it's wobbling some as I hold the cup. Don't listen to him. He's really he's really looking for his lost shaker of salt. <laughs> is it making you seasick there, Tim? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was like, I was like. That was that was really my goal. Anyway. This land holds great beauty. <laughs> Sometimes if he pans right, you'll just see cases and cases of junior mints. <laughs> it's to ward off the scurvy. <laughs> Speaking of scurvy. <laughs> Teen Titans number 24. Brian. Oh my. Um... You may so, be asking, what does that have to do with scurvy? To which I'll say, <laughs> nothing. 
<laughs> so, we, I, you know, I think every issue we've kind of joked about how we've talked about how uh, it was the issue about how they really need to are, are really need to practice and try to learn to work together. Uh, this issue, they they finally do. They uh, they they are in a very tight predicament, and they manage to work together to get out of it. And it's actually uh, kind of cool. And awesome. then we. Uh, by the way, the next issue of this is the one I'm probably most looking forward to, though, because it is called Crush's Secret Origin. And. Crush might be my favorite new character in this. Exorcisters number two, Brian. Ooh, uh, this is another. This is an image book. This is another book that I'm really, uh, I really kind of like. Um, it's a bit different than, um, you know, that there's definitely no superhero ness to it. Um, but I like. Uh, I I think mostly what I like is I like the personality of of the kind of the three main characters here. The, the two girls and the the two guy I guess I call them sisters yeah and the mom uh well you find out at the end of this sister is probably not exactly the right word for it I mean you find out at the end of one that sister is not quite the right well word okay for that's it. you're you're right we did yeah I guess we did find out at the end of that one but yeah we kind of find out exactly how that happened in this one. yeah yeah and yeah. I, I just love that interaction. So basically, most of this, I would say, is the mom kind of telling her backstory and how the situation as it is kind of came to be. Cool. Yeah. But uh, I, I, I do. I like it. Cool. I'm glad we get answers pretty quickly on this one because I think it would. Get, Me too. I think it would get weird to know that things are not normal, but also not know what that dynamic what those rules really are well especially given i think what where it looks like the overall story is leading that would be odd trying to get through that without yeah. knowing this yeah how about astonishing x-men number 17 brian who uh, read too much that the rest of us didn't <laughs> uh, i believe this was the last issue i think yeah um and uh you know what? Uh, I think Warpath, Kitty, and Warpath might sum this whole thing up as so. It, this wraps up the whole story with Jamie Madrix and the team that he put together, and I'm sorry, not Jamie, Ma uh, uh, Alex Summers, yeah, and the team that he put together with Havoc and the team he put together. And if you remember, uh, Warpath, Kitty sent Warpath to watch after him, right? Yes, and said he, you know, basically has told him the whole time you can't use the the X Men name, right? And um, the very last thing Kitty Kitty says is something like, uh, um, "If he ever gets out, we need to keep him as far away from the X Men as possible for his own good." Alex Summers is no leader, and Warpath goes, "If he ever gets out, I'll follow wherever he leads." <laughs> <laughs> and yeah it was the, this was a great especially if you just want to read a single arc story this was great i awesome. really really liked it i like how they handled these characters in this cool yeah dr strange number eight a lot of things like come to their conclusion Yes. Like this is sort of a big issue in terms of what's going on with his former sidekick 
and what's mm-hmm. going on with his current sidekick who learns mm-hmm. uh, his former that... partner not sidekick yeah sorry partner right yes yeah, right. <laughs> um i said current and you said former and oops spoilers <laughs> uh bats has loose lips oops he's a basset hound he can't help it that's right um and then we also learn that you know i joked that you know with dr strange it's always mordu and uh uh flamey skullhead mephisto mephisto or, uh, uh, dormammu. Meph- dormammu that's the one so, yeah yeah um and maybe it's not Dormammu. Yeah, it sounds like it's somebody else pulling the strings here. That or Dormammu got a DBA. All right, I'll bite. What's a DBA? Uh, it's when you like. It's basically an alias for your business. Like you may incorporate your. Oh, business oh, doing as... business as. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. yeah. I didn't realize that's what you were referring to, but yes. Okay. I got gotcha. you. I was. I was going. Toward a demographic that we almost never appeal to. Business people. Business people. <laughs> it's about time we tapped into that market. <laughs> uh, what? What's that? Nope. Nope. It's not that time. It's never going to be that time. <laughs> the, the places that my brain went trying to establish what that stood for. Not business related. Yeah, I'm sure not wasn't. business related. Hit me with some options, Tim. I, you know what? The first thing... I. They're all variations of douchebag. And that's what I kept going. I mean, like, what would be the A that comes after douchebag? And that's where I was. What were some of the options? Assistant? Douchebag assistant? That might be one of them. Douchebag asshole? Douchebag authority? (laughs) Douchebag association? Authority. I like authority. authority. (laughs) We're going to the douchebag authority. Well, see, there, we're still on the realm of business people. Or a- uh, <laughs> and there they all went. There we go. The Alex giveth and the Alex taketh away. Fantastic. Sir. Immortal Hulk, number nine. Uh, Hulk sees red. <laughs> he does. This is not, is it still good? You can talk more. No, I know, but I had that. That was a nice tight thing. That, uh, that was, that was pretty good. Yeah. Poor absorbing man. Oh my god. Uh, you know what? He may well be the most abused character in the Marvel Universe. It's like, he should know better by now. Anytime he goes with this stuff, it just <sighs> ends badly for him. It's just, yeah, it's just not good. Like, listen to Titania for once in your life and just stay home. Or in jail. You're not good at being a villain. <laughs> I do, one of the things I have noticed with this, and I do like that Al Ewing has done with this, is although there is definitely an overarching story and you see it very clearly, like it's not at all hidden or anything, um, each of these issues still kind of has its own thing going on. Yeah, they're all like done in ones that build this larger piece. Right, and and I kind of dig that. I'm kind of enjoying that being the case. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard to find that now. It is where you can have self-contained. Like, yeah, it used to be everything was self-contained, and it didn't make a bigger story. I feel like there's a pendulum swinging back in this direction right now, though. Slightly, yeah. yeah. Because you're seeing more, and there are certain writers I think who have a real talent for it. Now Ewing is one of them, Mm -hmm. but you're seeing more and more 
comics that are billed as here's this issue that is this piece and here's this issue that is this piece uh mark wade does it some too um i know fraction has been known to do it but there are there are some people who are i think trying to bring back kind of that kind of storytelling it's it's interesting tom king seems to do it in bursts at times yeah yeah like he'll he'll have He'll have one issue that is very different and it's its own thing. I feel like with him, it's not so much a function of done in one as much right. as it is just like really controlled compression and decompression of time. Yeah, I think you're probably right. Yeah. Like sometimes an arc will take, it feels like minutes. Sometimes an arc will take years yeah. or months. Um, yeah. And it's like he just focuses on the things that matter and skips the things that don't. I, you know what? I think you're detail. right. I think that's a that is a huge part of it. And I think that's why everything feels so good when it's is that because you always feel like you're getting something. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, okay. But but the whole one and done thing that with with Hulk, I'm very definitely enjoying that. In this. Yes. Yeah. Infinity Wars Ghost Panther number one. This is another one of the Infinity Warps books. It works mechanically like all of the other Infinity Warps number ones have, in which it is an origin. This is another one of the ones that I think works really well. I think the thing that like this and Arachnite have in common is they're both taking characters who have very little common ground and very little similarity. And shouldn't be able to be smushed together. And then actually finding a way to do that. Um, In this case, like, T'Challa is almost given the Thor treatment. He's, like, disowned and kicked out of Wakanda. So he goes and becomes a stuntman in a traveling show. Basically an evil Knievel type. And his stage name is Johnny Blaze. (laughs) <laughs> and he dies in this fiery accident and his mentor like the de- Mephisto owes him a favor or whoever who, it's really a panther god owes him a favor and brings T'Challa back to life is like hey by the way you could be my avatar of vengeance and T'Challa's like mm, hard pass then his father gets killed and sure he won't do anything about it so he's like actually panther god let's do this thing and he gets nice. the the yeah um, so it's fun. It it feels like this and Arachnite both feel like distinct things rather than layering two characters together in ways that overlap. Right. And I think those I think these stories are the ones that are the most interesting to me because they feel like rather rather than being the sum of their parts, they're something different. They they create something new. Yes. From it, yeah. Uh, we also had Infinity War Sleepwalker number three, which kind of just continues the Sleepwalker's quest to get back to his host. And we learn in this one who that host is and where he is. And oops, he might be the police officer trying to stop him. Who is? I have looked at Sleepwalkers each time an issue, or Sleepwalker, each yeah. time an issue has come out at the comic store. I don't know very much about him, but I remember him. From when I was younger? Yeah. I, I, okay, I'm going to get that book. And then I just don't. You don't have to know a whole lot about him. I picked this up specifically because I'd really been enjoying Nighthawk? Darkhawk? Darkhawk. 
Darkon. Mm-hmm. I have to have that conversation with myself every time. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd been very much enjoying Darkhawk. And I do not know what is up with my audio. I'm going to have to troubleshoot this. I apologize. People hearing me jump in and out of different speakers in their car or headphones. Um, I hear it and I see it on the waveform every time it happens. And I'm not touching any cables and I don't know what's up. Anyway, um, the last Darkhawk miniseries, like they did after, after they rejiggered numbers again, they did like those four one shots during Marvel Legacy and one of them was Night or Darkhawk and it was really good. So then the same team did a miniseries. I'm like, I'll read that. Then it did with Sleepwalker showing up, which this issue taps back into. And I'm like, Feeds off of okay, well that was good. So I'm going to read the the sleepwalker series um they're very self-contained like you don't even have to read the others for sleepwalker to make sense if you wanted to jump in you could Um, i think i will they're fun none of them so far feels like important to continuity but i think that's because the night or the dark hawk thing so much especially was like an experiment to see, well, which of these titles might support sales, and okay, now let's try a miniseries and see if it supports sales, and, like, just a lot of testing the waters and bringing back some of these, like, I'd say, I'd say most, if not all of those one-shots were, like, very 70s or 80s characters who haven't necessarily held a lot of traction. Um, anyway. I think that was the most backhanded compliment I could give this book, but it's fun! (laughs) Like, All right, that's it. It's fun. Um, Mr. and Mrs. X number five, some things happen. Yeah, so uh, basically this is the conclusion of the first arc. Would you agree? Yes. Yeah. Both because it is and because I've looked to see where the first trade ends and it ends here. Okay, perfect. I mean, I, I, I assumed that, but, you know, yeah. sometimes making assumptions is a little different. By all thing. reasonable measures, this is the end of the first arc. Yeah. Um. And you know what? It, I, I'm I'm still happy with this book after I the end too. of the first start. Uh, I I like everything that happened. Um, one thing in particular that I absolutely like, I, I am so ridiculously happy, is something happens that causes Remy to be pissed at Rogue, mm-hmm. and. That does not drag out, and not a big thing is made of it for like four issues. Yeah, like it gets resolved here. Yeah, thank you. I mean, you. it's not. It's not resolved, but they move on. It, they're good, and they've talked, and they're moving forward. Correct. The problem is still going to be a thing. It it is it is, but it's acknowledged and dealt with. I guess yeah. is the is the best way to put it. Yeah. Um, thank you. Like, oh, what a mature relationship these two have. Yeah. <laughs> Almost like they're ready to be married. Hey, how about that? <laughs> yeah. Also, you know what I absolutely loved in this issue? Uh, is, is it, uh, God, what's her name? Xandra or, uh, uh, it's the cats. Oh, the cats. The bit with the cats was very funny and very good. Yes. Oliver, Lucifer and Figaro. Yes. Yes. So, Tim, next time you need pet names, Oliver, yeah. Lucifer, <laughs> Lucifer, and Figaro are some very good cat names. Those are good cat okay. names. They are I'll, indeed. I'll, I'll put that in my pocket for later. Yeah. And um, 
And next issue, they throw a party. How about that? At their new place. Yeah. I love the yes. cover to that next issue. As do I. Um, but yeah, uh, but something super, super huge happens and changes with Rogue in this issue. And I think it's going to have some very lasting effects with this character. Rogue gets Bluetooth. <laughs> she gets upgraded to Bluetooth. Or is it Green Tooth in this case? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not easy. Hey. Um, I mean, do we want to call minor... I would say these are very minor spoilers. Sure. But yeah, if you don't want to know anything until you read it, go ahead and skip to the end of this. But uh, So Rogue basically uh, gets the her powers evolve to a point where she can now drain people and their powers without touching them. She gets Bluetooth. So, yeah. So that joke and, makes a lot more sense now. <laughs> right. And right now she can't control that at least, at least yeah. right now she can't control it, which means if she doesn't have the power dampener on, she is draining all the people around her. Yeah. Like like within a certain radius or it's, like line of sight? Or? I mean, we, we don't know her radius know because exactly, there were really right, only yeah. other three other people with her on this right. moon or planet or whatever. Yeah. Gotcha. But, um, but we do get a hint that maybe it's something she can learn to control. Yeah. And if that's the case, then maybe Rogue actually gets to a point where she can control her powers and not have to have them on all the time. Now, Brian, I'm going to, to just dose out some reality here. Other people have given her control of her powers for arcs before and runs before. I know. And the I next know. person always comes behind and fucks with them. <laughs> I know. And I, I, can... wish, I wish people would stop coming behind and fucking with that because... I, I can be needs... the continual optimist. <laughs> Rogue needs to get to be more than just... Oh no, I can never have any kind of physical intimacy with anyone. Yeah. Yeah, that I'll be honest, that was that was a that was a really cool concept for that character for a period of time. She needs to grow beyond it. Well, it's it's thematically a problem with a power that makes sense for a teenager. Yeah. And it stops making sense. I mean, okay, there are ways that you could still make that thematically make sure. sense into adulthood. But at this point, uh, like, yeah, let her work through this and then just have it at least mostly under control in general. Yeah. I mean, Southern Bell and, Alex is my favorite Alex. I just want to <laughs> throw that in there real quick. That's well, thank very, you. <laughs> it's, by the way, I don't know if you picked up on it, Tim. It's, it's, yeah. the same, it's the same voice he uses for Swampy. Oh, it is, isn't it? Not quite. It's just it's a, a different, different level different. of excitement. It's yes. a little different. Uh, it definitely comes from the same place, though. Now, for the next episode of Minds at Yuck, I can just use this voice the whole time. Oh, and give up on Marvin the Martian? Well, no, I could just do both at once. <laughs> oh, my God. Nope, nope, nope. I'm done. That's Alex's Infinity Warp right there. Southern Bell, Marvin the Martian. Yeah. Anyway, we should move on from there. <sighs> Shuri number two. Uh, Storm shows up and the two of them try to figure out where their boyfriends have gone. 
in space in this wormhole. And Shuri refuses to be queen in Black Panther again, which is very good and very funny. Um, and I don't want to spoil how this issue ends, except for the fact that I really much do, because I think that it will... I keep pushing this series, and I don't think anyone who hasn't read it understands how good it is. It's very much the movie version of Shuri. And it also is weird and funny and fun. In this issue, as her, like, astral form gets projected into space to go find her brother and boyfriend, it accidentally gets stuck in Groot. And the last page is Rocket and Groot, with Groot saying, I am Shuri? (laughs) Oh... Oh boy. It's so good. <laughs> now I just need my Shuri Unstoppable Wasp crossover. Oh, oh, that would be. Oh, you know what? Even if Shuri just visits Girl Labs, that would be. Yeah. 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 All right. Spider Force number two and Spider Geddon number four. All right. I read one of these. Because I spread Spider Force number two, and then I spread the first page of Spider Geddon number four, and tried to figure out why in the hell they had the two of these come out on the same week, and then Spider Geddon number four picks up right where apparently Spider Force number three ends. Number three, not number two that came out this week, but number three. <laughs> because, Brian, can I let you in on a secret? Okay, don't care. They're, that's the order they go in. It doesn't matter. <laughs> It does to me. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing really matters. Anyone can see. Except continuity to Brian. Except continuity (laughs) to Brian. Yep. Here's the thing. When the character you have shows up on page one and says, oh, I have this thing now. And I literally just finished the other book and said, "Uh, that character didn't have that thing and wasn't here. How did this happen? This takes place after number three, which isn't out yet. Thank you. Look on the bright side. You now have the entirety of the spoilers from that series that exist in this book. Yeah. You I'm, glad you, I'm glad you see that as a benefit, Alex. <laughs> like maybe something that said, warning, don't open this book until you've read Spider-Geddon number three if you don't want that spoiled for you. I'm disappointed, though, because now it means I can't talk about the great Spider-Man moment that you haven't read yet. Spider-Man. Spider-Man is possibly my favorite. Spider-Man is very good. And maybe now there's a little bit of Spider-Man in every reality. Oh, shit. Wait. Can this retcon, can it be that Spider-Man is really the origin spider for all of the other spider people in all throughout the multiverse. I had not thought of that, but that would be so good. <laughs> Isn't that great? It's like a spider eating its own tail. I know! <laughs> yes! Uh, somehow when it goes into these other multiverses, it goes back in time to do that. That's beautiful. Ah, sorry. Okay. Um, I, I, yeah. Uh, I really am enjoying still Spider Geddon. I mean, I don't know it, but the Spider Force book, I'm still really digging. 
Um, These are both very good. Uh, like uh, this, this spider force, they end up in the world, and the spider totem person in that world is um, uh, uh, Jameson. John Jameson. John Jameson. Uh, Jonah's son. Yeah. Yeah. And wow, I really, really hate Charlie. <laughs> I just really do. Yeah. He is a little shit. He really is. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, but I, I bet I, they give I, him a really I, heroic death. I love. <sighs> it's priest. Priest doesn't pull that shit. But yeah, I, I I love all of these characters. I love how they work together and the friction that they cause each other. And yeah, yeah, yep. Star Wars number fifty seven. Uh, there is basically one really important takeaway from this issue. And that is that we learn who Kylo Ren gets his penchant for wandering around shirtless from. I saw that on Twitter. Okay. You also saw that in... I like how you, you, you Tim, have twice in this episode confused Twitter and the Facebook group chat for Minds at York. <laughs> It's the same thing. It comes through on the little phone, so it's all it all just gets called Twitter. <laughs> it's Tim, all social phone stuff. Tim has a that bespoke is where I thought, tweet right. hotline for me. <laughs> what I'm learning is I should tweet more of the stuff that I put in that chat. Because <laughs> I'm just going to call it that anyway. And apparently it's decent content. Yeah. And so so who who is this, Alec? It's Han Solo. Of course it is. Yeah. yeah. You get Han Solo and like shirtless Captain America chopping wood scene. All right, Rocky training scene. Yeah, no, he's just hanging out chopping wood, trying yeah. to earn himself a drink. Okay, Tony Stark, Iron Man number six. Dan Slott, co-written with Jeremy Whitley, including a rainbow bite bright appearance. I am the okay. only one who read this. Uh, that is only because I am like four issues behind on this. It is, I think, two down on my list of things to get caught up on. So it will happen soon. This starts the second arc of Tony Stark Iron Man. The escape is live and available to consumers. And is, you know, experiencing its share of launch day bugs. <clears throat> And those are not great for Tony or his mother who... So the equivalent of getting banned in this game is having a, like, eternal style. It's not big enough to be an eternal, but, you know, like an eternal style or a celestial style uh, entity come in and just, like, eviscerate you. And Tony's mom is upset that she's not getting time with Tony since he came back from the dead and she wants to spend more time with him and he's not listening. So she like plugs herself in and finds him in the game. And Oh, so she's like every mom that ever existed. Yes. Okay. He's like, I can't do this right now. I've got to figure out what's going on. I need you to go home. And she's like, no, I'm not going anywhere. And apparently arguing with the direct order from the creator of the game is one of those band violations. And this thing shows up. At the same time that the controller has switched the system over to cause actual physical pain in the real world to people who are plugged in. So 
Tony is stuck in the game and every like mouth breathing asshole who's gotten banned from the game for being a shitty human has been put back in and upgraded by the controller. So it's going to go very, very bad. All it's right. fun. And Rainbow yeah, I, Bright I, is in it. I'm very much Okay, I'm okay. I'm very much looking forward to this. To getting caught up. Uncanny X Men number two. Hey Brian, guess what? <laughs> What's that? I have a theory. <laughs> is it that Jamie Madrick is still an asshole? <laughs> it does involve Jamie Madricks. <laughs> okay. I have a theory. So Jamie Madrix's mind like isn't there. And different Madrixes are showing different powers. Mm-hmm. I think Jamie Madrix has been possessed by Legion's other personalities. <sighs> or, or, a very similar thing. He absorbed Legion's abilities, and when he did, all of them split into different people. Yeah. Can Madrix absorb people's abilities? Well, remember he did in Multiple Man, the miniseries. Oh, yeah, that's true. He did kind right? of... Right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know exactly how, but yeah. So that is that is brilliant, though, by the way. I, yeah. I love that. I think that's what's going on here. <sighs> I think it's Legion split across the Multiple Men. And given how... That last page shows up. That uh-huh. would uh, that would certainly fit. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. This is good old fashioned big team X Men over the top goodness in the best possible way. Exactly. Yes. Like platonic ideal of X Men without just being straight up. Hey, let's rephrase this Claremont arc. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's really, really good. Yeah. And I cannot describe how happy I am Marvel's doing it weekly. Tim. Hey. Why aren't you reading this, Tim? I don't know. Tim. Yeah. You need to start reading this, Tim. And and you really don't have much excuse because all the other X-Men books have pretty much ended. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. There are only two issues out. The third will be out this coming week, and there are only 12 total. Yeah. And it's... Matthew Rosenberg and Ed Brisson the, and Kelly Thompson, yeah. all three. No. So the multiple man stuff is so good. That, uh, and all of Rosenberg's stuff is so good, there's really no excuse for And all of Kelly Thompson's. You're, you're right, there's and not. all of Ed Brisson's. Yeah. Please <laughs> start reading this. Read it, Tim. Yeah. You really should. It, it really is fun. fun good yeah. fun, X Men. I love it. Yes. Web of Venom, Carnage Born, number one. Tim, you read this. Yeah, so we touched on this a little bit before that I'm I'm an aspiring cult leader. It's true. And <laughs> so I have like a little scrapbook of these things going on. This there's there's a lot of neat cult leader stuff happening in this book. Yeah. Um trying to call back dead things and ended up you know, having horrible things happen to you that you didn't see coming. And yeah. you really should have. But yeah. Carnage, not alive, then alive because of the cult people. I mean, he so. dies and gets brought back to life like six times in this book. Yeah. Yes, that's actually true. Like, from birth is when yeah. it starts. He is wow. the living embodiment of tub thumping. 
I was uh, gonna... yes, that's a yes. He is. He is the Chumbawamba. Yes. I was going to say he's uh what ben, is it Ben Riley that got killed twenty seven times? I'm right back. Oh, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> ben Riley and Carnage are like. <laughs> They yeah. really get the shit end of the stick as the knockoff <laughs> spider characters, huh? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. No, but it's a it's a good story. Can't wait to see more carnage. I want that I one carnage. shot now that's just the two of them comparing deaths. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think somewhere they've got like a chalkboard where they just occasionally walk in and tally <laughs> next to their name and then trudge back out without another word? I think of like uh. action movies where the like love interest in the action movies are comparing scars. <laughs> like that's the the moment that I'm thinking of. I'm really glad that the word that ended that sentence was scars. <laughs> <laughs> West Coast Avengers number four. Brodot gets his due. Um and. Everything is wonderful in this book. It's it so is so good. very good. It's so, there, there's humor, there's touching moments, there's there's everything in this book. Hey, Tim. Hey. This book even has its own Tobias. Wait. There is a woman who chooses to stay a dragon instead of turning back to a human. Yes. Oh, man, now I've got to read this, too. Yeah. You do. Yeah, Kate, Kate is awesome. Um, did did she you... stay in Dragon Morph more than two hours? I mean, she chooses to basically permanently stay. Yeah, they're, like they're going to change her back, and and Gwenpool's like, no, she doesn't want to. And so Kate goes and talks to her. She's like, wait, are you going to like wreck stuff and eat people or pets or like generally be, make, my, make my life miserable? And and the dragon's like, no, I'm a vegetarian. Well, okay then. <laughs> yeah. She was like, so you'll let me stay. She was like, only if you agree to fly me around because I've always wanted to ride in like on on a dragon like a boss. <laughs> Because that'd be That's awesome. awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And Gwynpool and Quentin Quire definitely hate fuck off panel in this one. <laughs> yes, they do. They're both being interviewed talking about how much they hate each other and can't stand each other and neither one listens. And it's like a panel of one next to a panel of the other. And then, you know, they cut in something else and you cut to a panel of them just like rolling on the floor, knocking over chairs, making out. <laughs> yep. And uh and America then Jimmy fi- Kimmel um, shows up. <laughs> yes. And America finds a uh fi- finds finds someone as well. Yes. And I love I love all of this. It's so and, good. Oh, and Alex, what is Kate Bishop's ringtone for Captain America? <laughs> Do you remember? The song that was playing on the radio <laughs> when my parents left for the hospital to deliver me. Born, Born in the, in the USA. USA. <laughs> There's a fun piece of Alex trivia. When they turned on the car to go to the hospital, <sighs> that song was playing. I wow. I love this book. This is what this I'm is saying another is I'm one basically of those books. Captain America. <laughs> I you know what I'm just ignoring that. Moving on. Um, but this this book really is just great big fun. I, it, I, it is wonderful. I love every time I pick up one of these issues and read yeah. it. Yes. And we, we get a bunch of villains at the end reacting to the news that the West Coast Avengers have reformed, including the most ominously named villain of all time, the Dutch Oven. <laughs> the Dutch Oven, yes. 
who sounds like straight out of Deadpool 2. Yeah, he really does. Yeah, like, clearly, he's got to be the Gwynpool villain, right? That's Definitely. Like, yeah, right, yeah, come on. <laughs> Next week, books to read. Next week, books to read. Woohoo! <laughs> all right, there is one book among all the others that made it to all three of our lists. I bet I know what it is. What? Which one? I bet it's a Marvel book. It is a yeah. Marvel book. Yeah. Yeah. It I, is Ironheart. Yep. The Return of Riri Williams. Yeah, and her own series. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, do we have to say a whole lot about this other than you know? Can't wait to see what they do with with her in in a new book here. Yeah, yeah. And I've heard a lot about e viewing so far, and I kind of want to see how how she does with it. I'm aware of her mostly as a Twitter presence. I see her retweeted all the time, and yeah. I'm very excited for like that voice writing comics. Yeah, because I like her voice on Twitter. I've got. Snap Flash Hustle number one, which we talked about when we talked about this month's solicitations. This is the one about the alt model who happens on a secret society of narcotic selling models and rises oh, through right. the ranks. This it, is the one I described as something something crossed with Zoolander, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it is Pat Shand, who wrote Breathless, which I loved. And Emily Pearson, who drew The Wilds, which was also super cool. Um, And yeah, it's a four-issue miniseries from Black Mask. Starts this week and got to get in the habit of naming dates on this segment. That is November 28th of 2018. Yes. Uh, so yeah, I am excited for that. Tim. Yeah. Tell me. Uh. One of yours. One of mine. Okay. Uh, Heroes in Crisis number three comes out. And I realized when I was looking at the list that I missed Heroes in Crisis number two. And so this became very important to me that I pick (laughs) up both those and get caught up next week. Yeah. Yeah. Some stuff happens in number two. Yeah, I'm sure it does. Yeah. Uh, the 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 Tom King stuff, like you you just can't pass that up. And uh, we'll talk about this more next week. But there's going to be a crossover in February between Batman and Flash that deals with some of mm. the stuff that happens in issue number two. Yeah, okay. ve- very reminiscent of the button. Yeah. 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 As far as crossover with those. Yeah. Two, yeah. Yeah, originally it was going to be co-written between King and Williamson, but King needed like to take a month off essentially. So Williamson's writing all of it. They plotted it or they scripted it together. Oh, okay. That'd be yeah. fine. Yeah. So like what the button wound up being. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, Brian. Yeah. Tell me. Um, I well, one of the things I added which we have mentioned already, uh, I know at least a couple of times on this uh, uh, show with especially when we talked to Mr. Jeremy Whitley is uh, Princeless uh, book seven find yourself yeah uh, number one comes out yeah which I think was maybe originally announced for last week or week before but got bumped yeah, just because of did. printing printing reasons distribution yes. reasons 
So it is actually going to be out this Wednesday, November 28th. Yes. Um, and uh, once again, very much looking forward to it because, uh, you know, after reading basically uh, the first six of them, I'm pretty invested now. I want to find out what the heck happens. <laughs> hey, Brian, can I tell you a secret? What's that? I've read preview copy of it and it's good. I, I know, and I know, I, I know it's out there, and I haven't read it yet, but yeah, yeah, I will this week, and but I'm still gonna buy it because lots because a I like Princeless and b I like Jeremy Willard. So, yes. You know. Oh no, absolutely buy it. I'm gonna get yeah. it too, but yeah. I I can tell you for a fact, it's to good. the extent that opinion is fact, but mine are to me, it is good. Uh, of course it is. I mean, okay, if you like six arcs of something, chances are good you're gonna like the seventh. Oh, uh, that's not, not all. That, true. I, I said no. I said I said chances are. I didn't say it was a fact. <laughs> I didn't say it was a guarantee. I said chances, like odds, are in that direction. Um, so, anyway. and I do not know. I assume it is the case, but. I believe there are like script pages and uh some like rough pencils and things like that in the back too if that kind of process stuff is your bag. Oh, very I cool. can't imagine that those would be included in the preview stuff if they weren't in the print copy. Yeah. How about Tim tells us oh. about Redneck? How about that? Redneck. Well, if you prefer, I can talk like this for this segment. <laughs> yeah, it definitely seems appropriate. But uh, Redneck, uh, it, it flips back and forth between Redneck and Baby Teeth on what my favorite book is right now. And since they're both Donny Cates books, I guess that sort of tells you that I'm a big fan of his. But yeah, definitely looking forward to see how the story progresses there. And everybody should be reading that book. They just, They just should. It's a guaranteed good book. I finally started it in trade. It is very good. It is. And yeah, it only I've, gets better. I've read one in trade. I've got two and haven't gotten to it yet. Yep. So. Yep. Very, very good. I've got Wonder Woman number 59 on my list. 58 was the beginning of G. Willow Wilson's run, and we mm -hmm. talked about it last week, I guess. It's a very solid introduction. Puts in some new ideas and some questions and a big kind of what-the-fuck moment. And I am excited to see where this goes and reminding yeah. everyone that if you didn't grab that issue 58, you can grab it and 59 on Wednesday. Yeah. It's a good choice. Yeah. Thank you. I thought so too. <laughs> <laughs> Brian. Uh, okay. So I will be the, uh, I will be the one who, of course, and you know, everybody has listened to the show for a while knows I, I, I just like those fun holiday specials and uh this year dc's is dc nuclear winter special number one <laughs> i like and my favorite thing about this not having read it is yeah. in the solution the solicitation text it basically flat out says the way the world's going right now it's bound to happen right <laughs> yeah we're bound to be in a post-apocalyptic world so let's tell you 10 stories about that yes <laughs> so yeah um and they mentioned specifically that it looks at the future, you know, some potential futures for Batman, Superman, and Flash, as well as, yeah. you know, and I, there's going to be 10 stories in this. So cool. did, yeah. they, did they list any of the writers out for you? Uh, yeah, Mark yeah, Russell's Paul, writing the framing yep. device. Uh -huh. uh, Phil Hester, um, uh, Steve Orlando, Paul Dini is writing something. Uh, let's... Well, 
we were pretty much done at Mark Russell. I was going to yeah. buy it. Yeah. 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 I decided just to lead with what would get Tim to buy it. Yeah, that's it. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm there. That's happening. Yeah, and I'm I'm looking at the cover, so there it looks like there's also a uh, there's also a Harley Quinn story, and I see Kazar sitting on. I mean, it's post-apocalyptic future, so how can you not have Kazar there? Cool, Tim. Yeah. These Savage Shores number two. Yeah, this is a fun book, uh, period book. I know I heard you talk about it when it came out. Yeah. When it came out, but a uh, fun time period book, and then vampires. So I'm. I'm on board, and I want to see where we go with it. Yeah, this is that. This is the ship that's cursed that goes to different ports, yeah. right? Yeah, yep. and it's so gorgeous. Yeah, it's unique. There's not a lot of stories that I've read out like it. So yeah, I, I really want to see where we're headed. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do my, I'm gonna do my Elfo line from uh, um, now. Stop finding me new things to read. <laughs> <laughs> I'm afraid I can't do that, Brian. Yeah. <laughs> Alex would cease to exist. All right. My last thing is I mentioned the Wilds with Snap Flash Hustle. The Wilds trade paperback is out this week. It's written by Vita Ayala, art by Emily Pearson, who's drawing Snap Flash Hustle. And this is like a sort of zombie-ish story, except instead of zombies, it's like people possessed by fungi. Mushrooms? or enjoyable dudes uh so, so more last of us type yes more last of us last weekend at bernie's i don't know how weekend at bernie's actually fits enjoyable dudes <laughs> I, possessing I, I, you. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna go with it and just let I it mean, go it's an yeah. empty husk being controlled by arguably enjoyable dudes by dudes at least. <laughs> by dudes <laughs> by fun guys fun guys there you go <laughs> right yes Anyway, that's it. Uh, Go buy those things, read good comics. Yeah. And I believe that's going to do it for us this week, Tim. Thank you for joining us again. As always. Thank you for having me. Always, always. Sometime when we're not at the hour 40 minute mark, we should talk more about Swampy. We should, absolutely. (laughs) But that will not be today. No. Instead, we would like to thank Chase Parker for our intro voiceover. You can listen to us wherever you listen to podcasts, on whatever device you listen to podcasts. You can visit our website at panelologypodcast.com to listen to old episodes. If you are feeling generous in this holiday season, jingle, 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 those are jingle bells, uh, you can support us at patreon.com slash panelology. If you enjoyed Tim and me talking in dumb voices, by which I mean Tim goading me into talking me talking in <laughs> dumb voices, you can hear a whole lot more of that on Minds at Yerk, the Animorphs reread, or in Tim's case, first read, podcast that we do with Chin and other guest host Meg. I'm Alex. I'm Brian. And I'm Tim. See you next week. Mm-hmm.